Welcome back to Reconcinimation. I'm John Diner. And I'm David Munchak. And this is the show where we take a look back at some of our favorite and not-so-favorite films from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and more. So welcome. Welcome, everybody. Oh, are you welcoming me? Yes. David okay. David was late getting here yeah. to the studio. So I'm glad so, you unlocked the door so yeah, you can get Yeah, that was in. a very sarcastic welcome. <laughs> He's a little upset with me today. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to do this. Let's go. I Where appreciate you? you unlocking the door yeah. and letting me get get it, get situated. Grab my cocoa and get ready to get ready to chat. And you brought one for me, and that's what. That's the only reason I unlocked the door. Yeah. So you love triple marshmallows, so I, I took yeah. care of you. The giant one. The giant mm-hmm. giant marshmallow. Single giant marshmallow, mm-hmm. just lightly covered in cocoa. Yeah, that's you. A little butter on top. Mmm. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> See, I know. I know the way to your heart. <laughs> all right well what are we doing this week what, what do you want to cover new movie yeah let's do new something old movie what's in oh nothing in theaters <laughs> you want to <laughs> they don't make movies anymore yeah, except marvel right, that's right, it right. except those those are good um well i don't know we should i, I love traveling back to the 90s yeah yeah 90s. that's some Let's go to let's set the time machine for 1995. Let's say okay. Uh, Boop 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 boop. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we're going. And here we are. (laughs) That's a quick trip. And who would I rather see in right in front of me is Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Let's talk about Tommy Boy. It's Tommy Boy, everybody. Chris Farley, David Spade, Mm -hmm. Brian Dennehy, and Dan Aykroyd, Rob Lowe, Bo Derek. That's about it. Who else is in there? There's that's <laughs> all the big, somebody else. It's the big names. Um, yeah, 1995. Yeah, Chris Farley's first is, big movie. This is going to be basically this will be Reconsinimation's Chris Farley episode. The Chris Farley, yes. I don't. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll look at Black Sheep, but I don't really see much point after after we look at Tommy Boy. We could do Beverly Hills Ninja later. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that one later on, okay. but. Uh, I am. Uh, well, why don't we? Do you want to summarize the plot? Give me just a thirty-second plot, uh, in case uh, anyone's forgotten what this movie's about. Sure. You know, remember this: is the original pairing of Chris Farley and David Spade. Uh, Chris Farley plays Brian Dennehy's son. Uh, Tommy Boy. He, so, he plays yeah, Tommy Boy. He plays Tommy Callahan. Uh, he's like basically the. He, he's the good-natured guy who took seven years to graduate college, and as soon as he's done. We, we meet him as he's leaving, and he comes home to work in his father's auto uh, parts uh, manufacturing plant and, um, you know, start his life there. And un- his father, unfortunately, uh, dies, and he sort of has to help save the business from being bought out. Um, and so it, him and David Spade go on a road trip uh, to convince people to buy their, pro- their new products. Yeah, to sell the new brake pad division. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a bunch of hijinks on the way and, of course, some underhanded uh, scheming going mm-hmm. on while they're on the road. And uh, and can Tommy and Richard save the day? And a lot of physical comedy ensues. Yes. There but, is uh, a lot of that. <laughs> That's Farley, though. I was marking them off yeah. as, as it happened. There's a lot of slashes on my <laughs> notebook. Is- Oh boy. I see it. There's the There's... you slash the hell out of that. Yeah, yeah. It's all one page of slashes. Um, so yeah, so this is going to be this is the basically the centerpiece of Chris Farley's career, really. Mm-hmm. Um, his film career. What What are your initial thoughts? What were your memories? When was the first time you saw Tommy Boy? 
Tommy Boy is interesting because it it seemed like it would be right up my alley back in 1995, and I missed it in theaters. And everyone in high school quoted the hell out of this movie, and it was annoying as hell. Like boys and girls alike, and they were incorporating this as their own catchphrases. Holy shnikes! Oh my god! I still say it. <laughs> you do not, and <laughs> you better not start. Uh, and uh, it. it it kind of turned me off to the whole idea uh, of even seeing it. And it was only a few years later, um, I think in college or even right after college that I had finally sort of sat down and watched it. And um, that was my first exposure. I wasn't in it when it was going on. When so it was big. So people were, he had already been of, dead uh, for years. Like by the time you saw it. Yeah. So you were sort of boycotting it a little bit unofficially. Kind of. Yeah. I think unofficially it was just sort of like, uh, this I don't know. You know, you just you're in that you're that teenager who's mm-hmm. just sort of like annoyed with everything that's cool. Yeah, I I know that. Yeah, and this is you know, but it, it's funny that it'd be like a mainstream comedy with people I love from SNL. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, nah, I'll 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 get to it eventually. Yeah, I don't think I was intentionally doing it, but I just had no desire. Did you, uh, having seen it later, kind of after the fact, did you appreciate it more? I I, I kind of got it. I got I got the appeal at the time. Like it was, you know, it's it was funny. It was it had it had a lot of the stuff that you would tune into SNL for. Yeah, um, a so lot. Of, he repeated sense. a lot of gags in this movie that he would do yeah. on the show. Yeah, like straight, almost straight up dialogue. I think was ripped mm-hmm. so from sketches and stuff, which is fine. Like mm-hmm. you know, not everybody watches SNL. This is the attempt to make him a mainstream comedy actor. It's um, a, it's a showcase. Yeah, yeah. So with him and Spade, yeah. So, um, yeah. For, funny because right around this same time, for me, the way you felt about Tommy Boy, I felt about Friday. Oh yeah, with everybody in Somers, New York, was <laughs> obsessed with Friday, uh-huh. and there were certain people in my high school who nonstop quoting it over and over and just doing the Friday gags and everything. Chris Tucker and. So I, I and I had seen that movie before they did, and I really liked it. And uh, then that happened, and then then I was like, nope, never, never watching it again. They ruined Friday for you, yeah. And came pretty close with like Ace, Ace Ventura and the whole Jim Carrey thing. Too. I was one of those people quoting Ace Ventura. Yeah, I was sort of on board with that. <laughs> I mean, but, um, yeah, so that, so that was that was me and Friday. But I get uh, that. Oh man, I bet you if you watched it, you'd actually Friday really, really like it again. I I do. I and I have seen it, and, and I oh. do like the movie, especially like. Now that I'm long separated from yeah. from that that era, so <laughs> I never I was never around that kind of popularity. But I, I saw it in college um, with a group of people. I was blown away. I was well, it's really good, really funny. Anybody really, listening to this from Somers knows who I'm talking about. So. <laughs> it wasn't just one guy, was it? <laughs> just constantly. one guy was the leader of it. But, <laughs> I see. Um, anyway, but I, as far as Tommy Boy goes, mm-hmm. I also missed it in the theater, and mm-hmm. I don't know why i think like 95 I, I don't i remember going to the theater a few times but there was a lot of movies i missed in the theater i don't know i was doing basketball and on the weekends and sure whatever you're, you're, just, bu- you're a busy teen busy teen busy teen you don't have time for your for movies yeah uh but i remember catching it on hbo or cable when it when it came on or pay-per-view or something and uh pay-per-view pay, pay-per-view yeah pa- <laughs> you weren't were you renting pay, movies and pay pay-per-view per- I'm not going to say how I saw those, but <laughs> what are you talking? Can't you could get around air conversation? You can get around the pay per view system. 
the there, there high, were ways the maximum it. security pay per view. In the old days, there were there were ways. <laughs> Weren't you asking me like how do people copy VHS tapes? <laughs> how is that possible? Well, there's certain VHS. That's tapes. impossible. <laughs> and, like you just need like one piece of equipment apparently. No, but there were because I had done that also. Certain tapes tape copied fine. Others uh-huh. wouldn't. Uh, okay. So there was some. I don't know what. It was. It's impossible. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. So yeah, so I saw it on on cable and um, also became obsessed with it. I was a big big Farley fan. Uh-huh. I'm a big Saturday Night Live fan mm-hmm. historically. I've kind of like studied the show going back to the beginning all the way through present day, and it's just it's always a fascinating journey of seeing these people's careers start and grow, and then how they what happens when they leave, and how some of them get huge. And some completely vanish off the face of the earth. Yeah. And then some reappear 20 years later, and you don't know what happened to them. Yeah. Like, where did Ellen Cleghorn go? Right. You know? And it's weird, and it's funny when she shows back up and thinks. Yeah. Um, I think she had a show for a minute, didn't she? She had some, yeah, yeah. Was it called the Ellen Cleghorn Show? I don't some, remember if some, it was her name was in the title, but. But, yeah, I mean, she had, you know, she, she was trying to be a lead on, on some things, and it's just, you know. And then she, I, I, she showed up on something as a guest spot on a TV show or something a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I remember oh, seeing her whoa. recently. Yeah, hey, how are you? Hey, you're back. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, these people in SNL, they, they either stay with you forever or they come and go. Yeah. And, you know, Farley would have been one of those that would have stayed with you. I think. Oh yeah, he was a definitely a larger than life personality for sure yeah but like even like and it's like spade and sandler and rock chris rock and you know they they're perpetual they you mm-hmm. know whether or not you're watching everything they're doing they're always around david spade hasn't not worked oh my god since 90, 90, 1990 like, yeah and it's not that um a lot of these guys they like spade i don't know if i would say i really enjoyed much of his mm-hmm work since you know snl mm-hmm. something some jokes are funny but i haven't watched any of his shows i've had no interest in any of the movies that he's done hmm. uh yeah the movies yeah no yeah like joe dirt no yeah like that was like oh no. i'm definitely i think i was like more and more turned off by everything i'll just i will say i used to watch just shoot me in high school and that show overall is fantastic. Just Shoot Me is, is a great show. And he, and he was good in and that. And his, yeah. his role in that yeah. show was fantastic because he, he wasn't the lead. But he's always he on so, a sitcom, right? Yeah. He's always on something. He was on a CBS sitcom for, what, 10 years or something yeah. after that? Yeah. And then something about just, uh, people finding relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of CBS. <laughs> but anyway. But um, but yeah, always yeah. always be working. Yeah. That's his... That's, He's ABW. Um, so it would have been interesting to see where Chris Farley would have gone comedically because he never really evolved. Uh, no, well, he didn't really he have, have a the chance. chance to. He was only 33 when he passed away in 1997. Yeah. So, I mean, 33. So we're older than that. Yeah. You know, and you think about all these guys that are now in their 50s mm-hmm. that he came up with. Yeah. And it's just sort of like they've all grown or changed or done something or, you know. Well, it's, you know, a lot of the Saturday Night Live uh, names that have passed away, your Belushi's, your Gilda's, you know, your your Farley's, it would have been interesting to see where their careers would have gone because similar to Farley, Belushi was poised for greatness. I mean, his next movie was Ghostbusters. Right, 
that was being written was written for him. So had he done that, who knows what what would have happened? Maybe it would have bombed, but maybe it would have been bigger than it even was. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I'm not going to besmirch the name of Bill Murray because uh, he's he's gold. Right. (laughs) Of course. But um, I uh, my relationship with Saturday Night Live, I found I kind of found the show in 1989 was when I first started getting into it. Mm-hmm. And my dad had bought a couple of best of tapes, wow. like best of Steve Martin and best of Buck Henry. And I just like, I fell in love with the show and mm. all of the, a lot of the Dan Aykroyd stuff, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, two wild and crazy guys. Like I love those guys. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, in the same year, that was the, the year, the 15th anniversary show aired. Oh yeah. It was a big deal, which was a great show. Like it's still funny. I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. If you look at that show, that is a really entertaining two or a two or three hour special, huh. but, uh, because they, they, you know, the longer Saturday night live goes when they have these highlight shows, they have so much material to go through right. that so many skits are forgotten back then when they only had 15 years and a lot of those 15 years weren't good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, meaning like 80 to 85, excluding anything with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't have a lot to pick as much to pick from. So you could still see some rare skits that you never see anymore. Right. Right. But, uh, yeah, so I got into the show there and kind of for a couple of years was looking at a lot of the seventies stuff and then in about 91 is when I started kind of tuning into the the then-present-day Saturday Night Live. As it was airing. As it was airing, yeah. yeah okay. And I would tape it, like, <laughs> I had the same videotape, would tape SNL, like, <sighs> each week, and I would just tape over and over and over. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some of those, like, I had, you remember the Joe Pesci, Sinead O'Connor thing? Yeah. I, I had those on tape, and I wish I wish I had <laughs> kept those particular episodes. Yeah, sure, sure. That was, that was crazy. Yeah. When she, she tore up, if anyone doesn't remember, it's uh, Sinead O'Connor was doing a musical performance and she looked at the camera, took out a picture of the, the Pope mm-hmm. and tore it up on yeah. live TV. And everyone apparently behind the scenes went ballistic. Yeah, yeah. And a uh, major problem. Huge political move that they were not equipped to handle that. No, that was one. <laughs> of, and, that's, and that's another interesting thing about Saturday Night Live is, you know, the live aspect of it that there has been. Mm-hmm. Particularly, actually, in the musical acts, some times that the show's gone off the rails. Sure. Like imagine. Elvis Costello, like, shut down a song, like, mid-performance and walked off the stage. Oh. Um, there was <laughs> an episode that Harry Dean Stanton was hosting where the band, and I totally forgot, it was, one of, it was like a punk band, mm-hmm. got him wasted. And he couldn't even introduce them. He could barely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the band was drunk too and was like a crazy performance wow and, um and then the next week after Sinead o'connor joe pesci is the host yeah and supposedly someone had retrieved the picture of the pope the torn up pieces and he or someone had yeah they framed it yeah like put, put it, it back, back together, together and pesci you know held it up i think i think that's probably legitimate because it was like ripped in threes it, quarters, it, and the piece was missing yeah it looked accurate it, yeah to the way so. she ripped it so um you know, and I think I think there might be an argument today that Sinead O'Connor should be vindicated for what she did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, well, that was like the end of her career, pretty much, right? That was ninety two. I don't know if it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think she had a lot of backlash to deal with. Yeah, American audiences weren't going to. Yeah, yeah. The, the many Christian uh, Catholics uh, yeah. weren't going to put up with that. And so. now, you know, different perspective on that situation. Yeah, but. she was right all along, everybody. 
<laughs> but uh, but Farley comes along to SNL in I want to say the spring of 1990 is when he first started making appearances. Mm-hmm. Him and I believe it was him and Chris Rock. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then the fall of 1990 is when they were actually you know performers on the show okay. full time were they featured in the beginning like i think they were then? featured oh, yeah okay. that's usually or a lot of times a lot of times yeah. the whole like transition of the cast was an interesting f- thing in the, in the past it's different now yeah. it, it used to be like you would have one group and then after a certain amount of time or when when, when it was time they would go away yeah. and a whole new group would come in mm-hmm. there was like 75 to 80 with the Gilda, Zanakroyd, Belushi, Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, that group. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the 1980 season, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Eddie Murphy comes in and rescues the show in 81 for, I believe, two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. And then him and it's like him and Joe Piscopo, Piscopo and Julie Louis-Dreyfus shows up. And, um, mm-hmm. and then you've got the Christopher Guest season. Where like he and Martin Short and Billy Crystal just take over the show <laughs> yeah, for yeah. one year, <laughs> yeah, and that's all during while the time while uh, Lorne Michaels is gone. Yeah, he comes back in '85, has another atrocious season with Robert Downey Jr. and and oh, Randy that's, Quaid, that's right? <laughs> and Anthony, An- Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that doesn't work. But that's where they get Lovitz and Nora Dunn, mm-hmm. and then that sort of transitions to the to. Jen Hooks and Phil Hartman and Dennis Miller coming in. Yeah. And then that sort of leads to uh, the Farley era, which is, I guess Phil Hartman's still in that group, but yeah. you've got Farley and Mike Myers and Dana Carvey and um, who else? Uh, Chris Rock is there. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of, uh, of uh, a great, great cast. That's one of my favorite, probably my all time favorite era of Saturday Night Live is that like 91 to 94. Okay. Yeah. Time period. That makes a lot of sense. And it's also, you know, it's kind of that thing of whatever Saturday Night Live cast is is airing when you're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, those, that's the best cast. I mean, I think generationally, I, you know, now that we have 40 years of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably always going to be the case in a sense. Yeah, yeah I know I know that that 80 season. I don't think anyone's like, "Oh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was incredible or you know that and that ensemble was incredible but i think otherwise you know people who grew up watching you know the bill murray bill murray era sure in college or oh yeah our parents will always think that that group is will always be the best and but like you know so many people would say the will ferrell years like right after the the 95 era you know Mm -hmm. that's the greatest like yeah that evolved into the greatest cast ever and then and a lot obviously a lot of people think the Kristen Wiig era yeah the Bill Hader era you know is like that's that's the best yeah and there's there's a case there's I don't you know there's a case to to make for each one but it's I think it's generally generational uh, yeah I, I agree and, and comedy in general as we've said is kind of timely yeah it doesn't you know? it doesn't stay universal right it can't it can't maintain that that's not the point of comedy yeah, well, and and this kind of you comedy. know something is is really genius when it does supersede that, right? You something know, that's the, always going to get a laugh. There's certain skits in the the original cast that are still funny today, mm-hmm. um, and there's certain ones in, in other years. I I still find a lot of the Farley Sandler era mm-hmm. um, to be pretty funny. Still. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to enjoy there. They were they were they were heading a lot of home runs in that mm-hmm. that era. Absolutely, and Farley. Um, 
came from uh, Wisconsin, grew up in Wisconsin, very devout Catholic, mm-hmm. and uh, went to Marquette, mm-hmm. and then got involved with Second City in Chicago. And that was kind of how he segued, you know, once once you get into Second City, whether it's Chicago or Toronto, especially then there were so many links to Saturday Night Live and to Lorne directly. Yeah. And I, I know that over time, like Dan Aykroyd specifically, I don't think he found Farley, but I know other cast members like like Jimmy Fallon was a Dan Aykroyd discovery. Oh, really? Oh no! Kidding. From what I've always been told, I see. I could be could be wrong about that. But quick aside, look up Jimmy Fallon's SNL audition. It is on YouTube. It is the most incredible audition you've ever seen. I don't know if you ever have you ever. No, seen I've it? never seen it. One hundred percent. No matter what you think of Jimmy Fallon now or then as a performer, his audition slays. It's it's perfect. Yeah. He, he's amazing. You may not be rolling every time because you know they don't. They don't know. They don't laugh when they tape, so you don't know if it's like. Fun, yeah. But he's a he's a solid performer. Yeah. You, you can understand one hundred percent why he got the job. Those those all, all those auditions are so interesting to watch because nobody laughs. Yeah. And like intentionally, present. they're just they're not gonna they're not going to laugh no matter what you do. Yeah. It's it creates such a vulnerability for the performer. Yeah. That and you see Fallon powers through anyway that's awesome but but i'm like what was farley's audition like i have no idea i don't even know i'm sure it was all see the thing with all his characters that he did on snl they're all him or (laughs) they all come from part of his life yeah so i'm sure it was some kind of mixture of some of the matt foley had to be part of his i mean i would expect that to be part of his audition Oh, he had to. I mean, because he, he did that on stage at Second City. Well, that was a real person he knew. Oh yeah, he knew a guy. Yeah, he knew a guy named Matt Foley who became a priest or something like and, that, and lived in a van down by the river <laughs> for something. a short period of time. But supposedly, uh, Odenkirk helped help him flesh out that character on stage and write, like really write mm-hmm. the the sketches that they were, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it all comes from him. He, he brings a very particular energy um, that is. I mean, how how would you define like his kind of manner? Manner. Well, I mean, it's super high energy. It's mm-hmm. super physical. Yeah. He really, you know, he modeled himself after John Belushi, which mm-hmm. was very clear. Yeah, he had a lot of the same characteristics. He, he was very charming, different than Belushi. That I think Belushi could carry, could kind of carry more. Like he could play. I think he could play like sexy in a weird way if Belushi? he wanted to yeah oh yeah yeah um whereas farley if he played that it would be the jo- it's the joke of that he's not sexy right but thinks he is right 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 you know like the chippendale skit right of course yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean belushi was carried him as a performer is one thing but i mean he's an actor for right. before he's a comedic yeah guy yeah you know so belushi just carried himself he was very different from Farley, but and Belushi was more of a leader, like a leader yeah. behind the scenes. You know, he mm-hmm. kind of battled with Chevy Chase that first season, but then mm-hmm. it kind of took the leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I don't think Farley was in that that position. No, he was just, but he was your go-to guy for mm-hmm. laughs, like yeah, you know. So they had they had something very specific with him that nobody on the show was like him. No. At- Oh. And they've tried, you know, they've tried to do the the heavy guy, mm-hmm. you know, Horatio Sands. I always felt was a an attempt at having another Belushi slash Farley, yeah. And that just, I mean, I know they all loved him. I never never got it. You don't like you don't like Horatio. 
Well, because he—I mean—he wasn't really that high-energy type of guy. Or no, even, like you know, I, I don't. You know, Horatio's in a very particular style. I think. Yeah, I, I don't th- think I don't think he's like you know he's not that over the top, easily defined thing. Right. Yeah. He's more. He's more of just like a classic improviser. He's just, which you know, improv is such a big part of where these guys come from. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's. I think he's more of a utility player. I don't think he's. Like name one Horatio Sands character exactly yeah yeah so he's more a utility player yeah, yeah. Um, like a Tim Meadows type utility does does what's needed not breaking out in sort of a huge way I mean his la- Tim Meadows ladies man obviously mm-hmm. one an amazing always funny sketch oh that funny. was good yeah every yeah. time he talks it's just Tim so Meadows is kind of underrated and yeah uh, I was glad to see him show up in the the Will Ferrell. Uh, uh, New Year's Day parade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's fantastic. I, I'm. Uh, so sometimes some of these guys you don't appreciate till they're gone. Yeah. Or, or when you see them do stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, he's he really is funny. Like, I feel like Bobby Moynihan is more of a modern like mixture of Belushi and Farley. Like yeah. he could do the physical comedy of Farley, yeah. but had m- more of the acting chops like Belushi did. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I thought that was when he left a couple of years ago. I thought that I felt like that was going to be a loss for the show. Yeah, you know, because he was an, a go-to guy for certain roles. Yeah, so. and he's always just the yeah Moynihan's so specific with his his expression and mm-hmm. his voice and his and then when he did the physical gags and yeah. all that. Uh, but he could just and he could play the most absurd thing, mm-hmm. uh, and you'd roll with it. Yeah, yeah. But it's a uh, the the assembly of the, the right cast. I mean, no. No two people are really that close together, you know. Yeah, yeah. every every year, I think. You know? Well, and then that early '90s group, you had such a range of people. You had like Mike Myers doing his thing, and they're all really funny. I mean, that was that the show was getting very popular again under that era. They had all the, you know, anytime you've got an election year, yeah, you've got oh, fuel, right? So you know, they had. Dana Carvey doing Bush in '92 and and Ross Perot and Hartman doing Hartman Clinton doing Clinton was incredible which it changed it, oh my god Everybody I love Hartman's it. Clinton yeah oh it's incredible I I don't know if I I think I like it better than Daryl Hammonds although Daryl's been doing it for so long now well and Daryl made it his own you know he wasn't mm-hmm. doing Phil Hartman doing Clinton you know he they they both exemplified very specific character traits yeah. and. They both work great. Yeah, I think Daryl Hammond's Clinton's fantastic. I could watch Phil Hartman all day. I'd watch day. anything. I, I, anything he's in, any sketch. Yeah, he brings it. Oh, boy, did I miss that guy. So we're just loving anyway. SNL. <laughs> um, don't know what you well, guys we're think. Tr- I'm trying to talk about how you know how we got here with Farley. Yeah, yeah, um, no, no, I'm, yeah. You know, so many. If you, I've got that best of Chris Farley SNL DVD from however long ago, mm-hmm. and. There's just so many great characters he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember the first time I saw the Matt Foley skit. Ugh. I f- fell out of my chair, like hysterically laughing. That was the that was the Christina Applegate episode yep. where she's hot. Was it just? She, is it her hiding behind her hair, or is it? She's Spade behind her hair, her? and Spade is covering yeah. his mouth. Like they're both sitting next to each other, and and he's in Spade's face, just going and. And and that's they, what they would do. They would. I mean, they've always Fallon did the same thing. They they try to make each other laugh. Yeah, yeah. Fallon was just mo- the most successful. Of that it got to a point where every skit they would break character. Yeah, Fallon and Horatio and just Ferrell had would. had a good time. Yeah, Will Ferrell wouldn't break too much. Mm, the did later, he, right before he left, oh, he was he's yeah. just having fun. That that hot tub skit with Drew Barrymore. 
<laughs> the hot tub. Yeah, but that's not like Fallon. Just like any basic sketch. Yeah, yeah. him and Horatio just, just had couldn't... no problem enjoying. Yep. cracking up. It's you know, but, but they're just giddy little performers. But back prior to them, it was so rare to break character. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember you saw with with Gilda Radner and Candice Bergen when Candice Bergen oh, yeah. blows a line and uh-huh. Gilda kind of <laughs> calls her on it. Yeah. Like, that was great, and then when when the first Matt Foley sketch, and then uh, as soon as as soon as Farley sees Spade breaking up, he's all over him. Yep. I mean, he's in his face. He's mm-hmm. like, and that's he picks him up, and <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then how many did they do? They did like they did like four. Or five yeah, four or least. five Matt Foley. It was getting a little. It got, I remember like his last one or around those. It was so tired. No one was really yeah. even laughing. It was. Like, it was this. It was, it was the same. You know, it was basically the same gag. Yeah. So. And they all kind of had that same same reaction, and he always fell either fell out the window or fell through the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's uh, just God. You can just go on and on about how many great characters he had, and and he was getting so popular. You know, all of those actors were so were so were riding on such a high. But yeah. it was clear that Farley could go somewhere. You know, if if given the right nurturing, that his career could really take off if if he got some like real strong acting chops to go with it yeah it would have been really really great for him yeah he i think i think part of it is just the the material his films after his films were leaning too heavily on what makes chris farley the sketch performer Mm -hmm. great in terms of instead of like the other way around like him taking the material and, and finding something to do with yeah. it. Not that he has to be an amazing dramatic actor, but no. so much broad comedy, physical gags, yeah. all of that incorporated in it, and it's just sort of it gets tired. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you need more. Like that'll work once. Yeah. Um you know the difference between a guy like him and Jim Carrey is like Jim Carrey could clearly do dramatic stuff too. Right. Yeah. Um even in like Dumb and Dumber you'd have these like fake out dramatic moments that he could sell really well mm-hmm. whereas you didn't quite get that yet at least with farley yeah farley just never never had the chance with what he did although i never saw his last movie with matthew perry i don't know neither if... did really anybody else all right <laughs> but directed by christopher guest though yeah so. um, but i never saw i have no idea what that was like i have assuming it's pretty toned down farley yeah well i don't i'm not sure they even totally finished his Oh, did he die during shooting? It? I think he did die during oh, during wow. filming that, or or he had filmed most of it. Got it. Um, so I, I mean, I have no idea, but obviously, like, it wasn't you know nothing. None of his movies made over thirty five million dollars. I think the the five or six movies that he did, yeah, or four. He was the lead well, three, in like four, three leads, three leads. Tommy Boy. Well, I guess four if you count Almost Heroes. Yeah, Almost Heroes. All oh, right, it's it's Tommy Boy, f- Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja, and then I guess Almost Heroes. Yeah, that's, yeah. Almost Heroes only made six million. Now, um, now he shows up during the course of his 1990 to 1995 run on SNL. He showed up uh, in both Wayne's World movies. Mm-hmm. He's a bouncer in the first one mm-hmm. for just one scene. Yeah, like a security guard. Yeah, yeah, security, yeah. And then the second one, he's another guy at the the was it. Wayne Palooza, what was it called? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen Wayne's World too. He's yeah, I haven't seen it in a while either. But I know he's got a bigger part. Yeah. He's kind of with Garth at you know Wayne Palooza. That's what I'm calling it right yeah. now. I can't remember if that's what it was. 
And while Wayne is off doing his thing with Tia Carrere and Christopher Got Walken. Got it. Yeah, he pops up and stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, Norm MacDonald's Dirty Work. Mm-hmm. That was later on, though, too. Like that that was, was, I think, you know, it was filmed, and he had, he had already been dead for Like six months or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that came out in, like, 98. Sum- yeah, summer 98, and he died December, December. 97. Yeah, so. And Billy Madison. Yeah, that And Billy Madison, yeah, yeah. So. You know, was he like a bus driver? Was he the bus driver? I can't remember. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I think so. I feel Billy like Madison's like, a movie that hasn't aged well, but another yeah. kind of born from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So, yeah, Farley was someone that they felt like could be bankable. Someone yeah. Someone that, you know, they. So, I mean, his four movies, he had a movie every year Tommy mm-hmm. Boy and then Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja, Almost Heroes. Yep. That's literally every year, uh, 95 yeah, he to was, 98. He. If you look at his career, he worked consistently from 1990 to his di- beyond his death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, through 98, but so, um, there was a good, there was eventually going to be a time where he would either he would either fizzle out or he'd ha- he'd strike big on just like mm-hmm. the right project. But well, and uh, Saturday Night Live and Lorne Michaels ha- have always had a fascination with feature films and with developing either yep. their characters into feature length movies or you know, finding a vehicle for some of their performers. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Blues Brothers was obviously the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got late, you kind of not much during the 80s. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you, you can, I guess, kind of count Three Amigos because that was Lauren Michaels produced starring yeah, three people who were regularly on SNL. True, but they, it's not like they weren't SNL characters. Right. But yeah, I right. mean, I mean there's, yeah, there's Lauren Michaels has, a, has his hand on so many different things, mm-hmm. but... You know, it's not Wayne's World or Blues Brothers, right? But uh, Wayne's World, huge hit, yeah, huge, huge hit. Wayne's World Two, I think, was a was a decent hit too. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't a much, bomb. It wasn't a bomb, and it was well liked, but it didn't. It it it, it, uh, it runs. Wayne's World Two. Watch it again because it's funnier than you think it is. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I would like it again. It just, Wayne's World One is just like when I when I watch it, I just remember like. How in again? How obsessed everyone was with that at yeah. our age. Oh yeah, and that was endlessly quotable. Yeah, like, and it it hasn't quite aged perfectly. No, but it still mostly works. For, yeah. for that you know for what it was. And now relevant once again with Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. So, well, and then after Wayne's World, of course, they they need another SNL character movie. Go right to Goneheads. Oh, of course. That's your next natural rewind. 19, Twenty years. Nineteen ninety-three. And... Tap tap into. <laughs> I wasn't a big Coneheads fan to begin with. It's so absurd. The sketches were so crazy. They're crazy. They're too long. They're you know. I get the joke, and that's kind of that's funny. But yeah, um, it's not genius. But I think it's. I think I think those were funny sketches. I think those. Yeah, it's. They're well like, loved by people a generation older than us. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean that. Yeah, this was mind blowing for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there is some funny bits in there, but. I don't know the movie. Like mm-hmm. nobody was asking for a Coneheads movie. That audience was gone. Yeah, it was. It was such an odd thing. I, you figure it would have been a movie for us, like our our generation. Who and like oh, I went back to the old rerun. Yeah, Conehead. Okay. And yeah. I definitely didn't see it. No, nope. <laughs> I I did see it, and it was I did yeah. not like it. But then you know, um, you got it's Pat. It's Pat came out after Bomb. Wayne's World two. Yep. That didn't, yeah, geez, made sixty thousand dollars domestic. Had uh, Opportunity Knocks come out yet? I think so. Opportunity Knocks. Yeah, that was Dana Carvey's big big movie after he left. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I forget. 
Not an SNL movie, but yeah. No, but first. related to in that it was one of their performers. Yeah. But you've got so basically he starts developing. He's going to shift gears. Lauren Michaels is going to shift gears and start developing uh, features based for built for their performers. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the first two up are Billy Madison mm-hmm. for Adam Sandler and Tommy Boy for uh, Chris Farley. Right. Yes. So <clears throat> the original draft of the script is written i want to say in in the first half of 1994 mm-hmm. uh with by bonnie and terry turner mm-hmm. who were you know big names they had done coneheads and the wayne's world movies so they were very much involved with lauren and those those feature films mm-hmm. uh, they would later on go go on to be very very successful television writers yeah. with Third Rock from the Sun and that 70s show and yeah. a few, uh, I think a few other things. But um, I don't know if they didn't finish their script, but I know that when they turned it over, there wasn't a solid ending. Mm-hmm. It was only like 60 pages. So I think it, w- it was still, it wasn't fully formulated. Yeah. And then they were moving on to another project, so they were no longer available by right. the time it gets into like pre-production. Mm-hmm. So they bring... Uh, well, first they hire Peter Siegel to direct, mm-hmm. who was just coming off of Naked Gun 33 and a third. Yeah, I think that the was final his, insult. Yeah, his, that's his first big movie, I think. Yeah. So he had a lot. He had some. He had some uh, energy behind him. He had some. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think the third one was funny. It was fine. I, I remember when it came out, it. like that was better than the second one. Not as good as the first, but. Oh. Was um, the third one better than the second one? I remember feeling that way. Huh. I don't know if that's still the case. I bet that's not true. <laughs> I would watch. What was too? The smell of fear. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't yeah, know. it was the, the smell, smell of fear. fear, and then the final insult. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So yeah, he's coming off that. They kind of <clears throat> lure Fred Wolf, who was a writer and sometimes performer on on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, to finish the script, polish it up you know kind of work together and figure out what the ending of the movie is going to be yeah um details are kind of sketchy as far as specifically what was in those original drafts and what was put in by fred later yeah i mean i think fred and and siegel like worked out a lot of bits taken from their own lives that yeah just a lot of gags i think like finding like places that some a nice little visual gag, something that they can just help weave into the story to get from one place to the other. Like, well, and I think because Fred was on SNL, yeah. he was much more in tune with Farley and, and later Spade. Mm-hmm. So they would all work together to kind of take their what their bits were and expand on them. Yeah, like I think like Siegel and Wolf, I don't know, remember who, but like, you know, when he uh, when they're at the gas station and the door gets jammed because he left yeah. the door open and that, like that actually happened to one of them and one of them <laughs> didn't did, that happen to everybody and like left the oil can in the in the car and that made the hood fly up that's like a real thing that happened to one of them like so like just use it like and they, they could come up with those those bits kind of to help uh car safety that's what really what this movie's all about <laughs> but it's funny like things that aren't those and those i like those moments they stand out to me because they're not farly specific they're just yeah you know they're just like funny gags yeah instead of like because farley brings his own certain he brings his own certain thing i mean he shines when he's monologuing and going like mm. just yell, yelling monologuing and going i really like that 
Um, I'm not a big fan of the catchphrases that he kept spouting off. Oh, this. I love them. Oh my god, they <laughs> are so stupid. They're really stupid. <laughs> um, but uh, and like when him and Spade aren't at odds with each other as much, like when they become closer mm-hmm. as like partners and friends, and they're going, it's that's a lot. That's really charming. Yeah. Um, but. Well, and this movie is full of physical. This is a physical comedy movie. Yeah. And like you were saying, some of it is Farley kind of gags, and some are just physical comedy gags that they are in. Yeah, yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah, like when the car gets trashed and the deer, and yeah. when they're driving. I mean, just vi- funny visuals. Yeah. Um, so it, it helps complement the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. you have to, if they're not talking, what else can you do that's like funny? Right. You know? right. And that's, uh, that, I think that helps the yeah. movie a lot. So for, you know, having started, like, basically started shooting without a finished script, yeah. I think it ended up pretty well. I think it's, a, I mean, it's a pretty solid story. Yeah, they keep it nice. It's got, you know, a, a, the three-act structure. It's got, mm-hmm. you know, the plot keeps moving forward. There's not really any dead spots. It's got a, you know, a real resolution at the end. You get your happy ending. Um, everything's there. So they did a... I don't know if that's Peter Siegel who you can credit that with or Peter and Fred that were able to kind of, and the producer, Robert Weiss, and just kind of pull all that together and make it a nice package at the end. Yeah, I think they, they got they they got lucky to be able to cobble it together. You yeah. Know, I mean, obviously very talented folks, so they they came with what they can do yeah. and, and made it work. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's about getting everybody together. Mm-hmm. And like almost like when you're on the set, you can work it out, yeah. you know? Yeah. Sometimes when like Farley and Spade or they're in New York doing the show and then you've got the director who's in prep on the movie and you know everyone's in different places it's hard to work that out but yeah. um yeah so they did a they did a great job here. Okay, so they talk about casting. So this originally Lauren pitched this movie as Farley and Rob Lowe. Mm. So Rob Lowe was intended to be the original For Richard. Sure. That would have been great. Now, I, I don't know where this came from, but I know Rob hosted. Uh, Rob Lowe, obviously, was a big 80s star. Mm-hmm. Got into some legal trouble in mm-hmm. somewhere between 89 and 91 mm-hmm. uh, with some very uh, nasty stuff he was up to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but ended up kind of having a little comeback. Uh, in 90, I want to say ni- early 92, he hosted an episode that I saw a few years ago and it was really bizarre, but really funny. Oh really? And I have a feeling like that was where Lauren kind of saw something in Rob Hmm. because Rob starts showing up in all these Saturday night live related projects. He's in Wayne's world. He's in Tommy boy. He's in all of the Austin powers movies. All right. Yeah. That's true. Is he in the first one? He's well. It's a deleted scene. Okay. So if you have your laser disc handy, <laughs> fire it up. Fire it up. Okay. Um, Carrie Fisher's also. Oh no, she made it into the movie, right? I don't remember. Yeah, she's in it for a second. But uh, Rob Lowe plays young. Robert the, Wagner, so they, right? remember the guy who gets run over by the steamroller? Oh, yeah. Michael McDonald. Yeah. He's like screaming from like far far away, and just yeah. like as it slowly rolls to him. Yeah. The, after that, they cut to a bar. And Rob Lowe is with is like that guy's pal, uh-huh. and he's like I think he's like getting ready to go on their like the guy's like bachelor party before his wedding. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he's supposed to be here any minute. It's like him and his <laughs> friends, and, and he takes waiting. a call, and they, that's where they find out the guy's been killed. <laughs> oh god, 
That's a funny gag. And they have a toast to it. It's a, it's a funny scene. That's but, a funny gag. But, uh, and then he shows up as the younger... Uh, oh, okay. I didn't realize. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think... Well, I think him doing Wayne's World probably got him under... Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if that episode happened before he did Wayne's World or Wayne's World got him the episode. And, yeah. yeah. But like Wayne's World was early 92 and it came out like... Yeah, yeah. Like around this time of year. Yeah, I'm not sure on my timeline but that, so, where that episode But I got you. Like, so he was becoming like a, a Lorne guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as he was going. So I, yeah, I would have I would have loved to have seen Rob Lowe and Chris Farley. I think that would have been interesting. Yeah. There's, a, you know, it, it was such a, it's hard to not see David Spade in that role though. Right. Because it's so about their camaraderie with each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like, I, I think part of it is like, for me to want to see it is like, Rob Lowe's obviously a more experienced actor who could have probably brought a lot more to the mm-hmm. role, I think. Yeah. But Spade and Farley's chemistry is undeniable. Yeah. So. Well, they got, you know, Rob Lowe ended up having some availability issues anyway. He was doing Stephen King's The Stand. The miniseries. The miniseries. With Corn Nemec and Molly Ringwald. Way to bring that name out of the <laughs> out of the hat there. I'm a big Parker, Parker Lewis. Parker man. Lewis. Yeah, of course. Why yeah. is that show, by the way, sidebar, why is Parker Lewis Can't Lose not on any kind of platform? It's probably, I bet you there's tons of music in it. Honestly. Right? There's a lot of shows that have a lot of, like, yeah. 90s music. I have a feeling it's that. I yeah. Think it's the music. So, love yeah, that show. Very meta. Very yeah. weird. I loved Parker Lewis. Yeah. Only when, what, two seasons or something? I think two. Yeah. Maybe three, but I think two. I Fox, know. right? It was on Fox, yeah. Yeah. Fox, Fox in those early years was an interesting network. They took a lot mm-hmm. of chances on some bizarre shows. They sure did. Uh, and I, I miss those days. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so The Stand, Rob Lowe was committed to that. Yeah. Right? That so, was a big shoot. Those were, that was like four hours long or something. and Yeah, I think it was two two-hour movies or yeah. something like that. Maybe three. Could have been, honestly. It was, I remember it going forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so, Rob, well, in the fine, like, Rob Lowe's not credited in this movie. No. He's like, a, he did this, like, as a favor or something. Right? Yeah. Like, well, so they. Just come do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So he's not available, and Farley kind of. Pushes and he wants one of his SNL castmates because that's they were like they were all like brothers. I mean yeah. they were that close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was a- angling for either Sandler or Spade to get this role, and I think Spade was the better fit. I couldn't. I don't. I don't see Sandler playing that role. No, he can't play a sort of this schmarmy. Because I mean, if you look asshole. at Billy Madison, like he is, he's like Tommy Boy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spade's brought in, and and they're you know they're playing off their real life chemistry, and I think they add a little bit more to the script with uh, their camaraderie, and yeah, they ended up uh, getting into rumor has it that they got into a physical altercation on on set one day, a little jealousy that one of them got to hang out with Rob Lowe, go party with Rob Lowe one night, the night before, and the other didn't get to go and. Uh-huh. Supposedly, there was uh, a, a, just like brothers, a uh, big physical altercation. Sure. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I'd be mad <laughs> if I couldn't hang out with Rob If Lowe. I hung out with Rob Lowe and you found out the next day, you'd kick my ass. Yeah. Like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you invite me? <laughs> uh, but uh, they were, and they had to, they were still doing SNL while making this movie. Mm-hmm. So this starts shooting in the fall of, uh, of 94. And Farley and Spade have to, they have this, this crazy shooting schedule. Of course. Where they, they're like shooting Monday, Tuesday, 
fly back to New York. They shot this in Toronto. Fly back to New York Wednesday for the for the run through. Mm-hmm. Back to set Thursday, Friday. Back to New York on Saturday. Wow. Holy crap. And then back to, I think, Tor- on, Toronto on Sunday. Yikes. So that is a lot of That's travel, intense. international travel, and <laughs> you know, twice in one week for three months, basically. Oh, my God. Ugh. And it wasn't like, you know, Belushi did this. Belushi and Aykroyd did the same thing during Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you see a part of the what 78 79 season season four where they're just kind of like not in a lot of skits oh, okay you know they're in like one skit per episode but that's because they just weren't around yeah oh wow here you know spade has his bits farley has his characters they're in the show a lot there's yeah. no real episodes where they're not leaned on mm-hmm. that's amazing like, yeah workhorses that's what you do right? and imagine that as your first movie you're doing your first movie. You're a star on SNL. Yeah, you're huge, and this is kind of your your moment mm-hmm. that you got to take. You know, as you, when you're an actor and you have the opportunity, you got to go with it. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, tough, uh, tough bit for those guys. And I don't know if uh, Fred Wolf was going back and forth. He was probably done really on the movie by this point. Yeah, I don't know. He probably was going with them. I don't know. Like yeah, you no, said no. figuring a lot of stuff out in the day. On a lot of features, features are different from TV. Traditionally, features the writer is kind of done when they hand it over to the director. This might have been a little different, but think, he may have been doing rewrites from New York. Well, that's true. I think I think him and Siegel were working pretty tight. Yeah, like keep you know it was an ongoing thing. I, that even they were they were afraid to not have script pages on the day. So they at least made sure of that, but they may not necessarily have had the pages, you know, the day before. Like, right? They had to get it done that day for the next day. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I have a feeling that I think Wolf was probably, you know, involved as much as he could be. Yeah, I mean, he, I, you know, he may have stayed in Toronto and was writing his SNL stuff and sending it back. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, via, I, via fax. I, or something. I have a feeling Siegel probably like had he he was coming up a lot with stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's well, a funny guy. Well, Siegel. Yeah. Hilarious. Big hit movies. Um, so, yeah. So, David, <sighs> David Spade's in this. We'll run down kind of the rest of the cast here a little bit. Uh, Brian Dennehy. Sure. Great casting. Yeah, plays uh, Chris Farley's dad. Tom, big Tom Callahan. Big Tom Callahan. Who's, yeah, he was really charming in this one. Yeah. Just a lot of fun. Just not like. Well, he, because yeah. through the 80s, you didn't see him do comedy right i don't remember sim i mean he's great in first blood mm-hmm. and the fx movies if right. anyone's seen those those are those are great yep. played a cop a lot of times or the villain yeah he's always a big tough guy like, yeah you know no one you want to mess with and he, here he's playing like a great a good natured but tough businessman like mm-hmm. you know but good nature to his son loves his son has a good relationship with his with his partners like, yeah that's it was actually refreshing to watch this and realize like Oh, no one, no one that he works closely with is going to betray him. Like the betrayal's coming from the new wife, yeah, and all that. But it's like everyone's they're on, loyal, and everyone's loyal. Like they're friends, and and af- even after he dies, like they're all trying to make sure they can do what's best for the company. Yeah, and like oh, good, not that internal like betrayal traitor bullshit that you yeah, see in a lot of these like comedy yeah. movies of like oh, someone was against them the whole time. You know, like in Wayne's World. Or yeah, something, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it it's. It makes it believable, I think, that those well, guys were loyal to him and weren't going to just sell the company out. They yeah. were, you know, 
probably the backstory. You would think that those guys came up with Tom Callahan. Yeah, they both. You know, they all look kind of similar. Some of them look close to his age. So uh, you would think that they were they were like, you know, interns there, and then they started. You know, sure they were interns in 1958. (laughs) Yeah. No, but they you know rose to the company around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but it was uh, yeah, it was just nice seeing that thing of uh Dennehy playing like the this the charming fun and which and then after guy. this the, he did he he became a theater guy i'm sure he did theater I'm before sure. this too but <laughs> he decided to do stage <laughs> but i i had never really seen him do like that side of him mm-hmm. like doing musicals and dancing and being more mm-hmm. jovial yeah. than the heavy like <laughs> first blood version yeah <laughs> the fact that him and Chris probably do a dance and song and dance yeah. number is insane like yeah it's a lot of fun uh, and he was you needed somebody to have that kind of presence over uh, Tommy Boy. You needed an actor that could have that same kind of presence in, in the film as well. Mm-hmm. So Denny, he's great. Super glad he's in the movie. You dig a little into SNL's history and you, you come up with Dan Aykroyd and get him involved. You dig deep. You no dig one's deep, heard of this go guy. Go right to the, the origin. Um, well, yeah, and Aykroyd had always st- stayed close with Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, I and to this day he still shows up on SNL. Yeah, you know he's part of, of the family. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he, he's the only original cast member who still shows up. Oh yeah, I guess so. Because yeah. he can't, unfortunately, he can't count Bill Murray. He's season two, right? Uh, but and he's yeah. not showing up a lot. He he shows up maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Ackroyd and like well Chevy Chase not so much anymore, but for a while was kind of was kind of just popping in. Steve Martin shows up like more often than those guys do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's good to have an old friendly face uh, yeah. as Zelensky. Yeah. A little bit of a cartoonish businessman. Just yeah. Very, you know, not a pretty straightforward role. Yeah. And perfectly suited to him. And Aykroyd's career, this is kind of like in a downturn of his career. Okay. You know, he his height was obviously in the 80s. That's where all his all his big movies were. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I remember around the time he did My Stepmother is an Alien. Right. And My Girl. Not that My Girl's a bad movie, that's but a, That's a that was a hit. That was a hit. My Girl was a hit. Yeah, but not because not, of him. Well, yeah, he but he was in a hit movie. Yeah. But that's when like and then I maybe it started really with Coneheads that that uh the hits were not coming for Dan Aykroyd, and it was harder to buy him as a leading. He wasn't playing the leading roles anymore. Right, right, right. He was well, taking the the side characters. Well, he's a good, you know, he, he's kind of yeah, he's a good part of an ensemble. Like I love sneakers, like yeah. Robert Redford. Come on, and he's fantastic in Gross Point Blank. All right, yeah. Gross Point Blank. That's a movie we should cover. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, well, let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. I don't know. Maybe. But I think he's great in that movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, that was where his career had kind of transitioned to playing these good, these better, smaller parts. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, that's just what's going to happen. He's not a leading man. He never was a leading man type, and he, he's not going to be in these outrageous, zany comedies anymore. Right. He's just a very particular guy. And he never really fully went, I mean, a little bit with My Girl, but he never fully went dramatic either. Yeah, I guess not. Like Bill, Bill did you know comedies, mm-hmm. and then eventually, with like Lost in Translation and Broken Flowers and a lot of that stuff, like really segued into doing some serious work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dan never really went that direction. Yeah, maybe he didn't want to be a serious actor. 
And now, what's a lot? I mean, besides that awful Ghostbusters cameo, I don't even. I don't remember what the last. He did his best. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if any major thing lately. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. So he wasn't as uh, much of a lead after. Con- I think Coneheads was kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got Bo Derek in the movie. Who? Where do I was, know her from? Well, Ten mm. was. She was married to John Derek, who was a, a director and an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten was like a big hit movie where with Dudley Moore, where she. It's the famous shot of her coming out of the water, yeah. which they obviously are alluding to <laughs> yeah. in, in dialogue the... and in the shot. Yeah. And, and uh, she was, you know, a, a lot of young men were very infatuated with her in sure. their youth. And Peter Siegel was apparently one of those men. And uh, he was, I, I saw an interview with him where he was talking about <clears throat> how he didn't actually meet her until they were on set shooting the pool scene oh you're kidding that was like the first time so his, his mind was just kind of blown that yeah. like it's one of those that like where's my life where is yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> like, yeah look what i do for a living uh, yeah um and she you know not the greatest actress in the world but she's you know fine for this movie and yeah she doesn't really she's not really spotlight spotlight yeah lighted at all yeah so. i think she you know she did an okay job in the in the reveal with rob lowe yeah yeah um so yeah, they they worked well together. But. Yeah, I could buy him and uh, Rob Lowe and and her as these villainous, <laughs> terrible people. Yeah, for however brief they're in the film. Yeah, they're not really in it a lot. Yeah. I think she's only got like, and she's actually in a lot of shots, but she doesn't say a lot. I think she's only got like thirteen lines or something like that. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Um. So there's you know this film's perfectly made for Farley. It's you know a lot of his characters are examining self-worth and self-value right. mm-hmm. whether it's making fun of they all kind of revolve around that theme though yeah um and this is a, a nice vehicle for him with that subject in mind without like mocking him you mm-hmm. know like the chippendale skit is really about about his self-confidence right but it's sort of mocking his body you know yeah it's well it's a funny thing because there's you know there's sort of a there's different views of that chippendale sketch as sort of the turning point for him it's it established him as that chris farley mm-hmm. but it it turned out like okay like he's got to be defined by his body and his physical gags and that's what they leaned on mm-hmm. and people were laughing and it's not like people necessarily are only laughing with him like there's something funny about that stuff but there is some sort of there's always a level of of humiliation. Yeah. And the funny thing about the like these 90s comedies of like, you know, Richard just you're pathetic. Like people just shitting on him and stuff like that yeah. in the movie. And it's just part of like, <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, he's boyish and naive and whatever. There's something off about all of this. And that, you know, like and and having to rely on the physical gags instead of a lot of real character work. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he cha- he changes. He becomes a better salesman. He learns. Yeah. This is not really an effort to, like, understand, like, him finding understanding and meaning until, like, sort of, it, until just things sort of worked out for him. I mean, he he made it happen. Yeah. He, well, he, ultimately, he, it's he, a team effort. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about Julie Warner. But anyway, we'll get back right. to her. <laughs> um, you know, with her help, 
they kind of work together to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But that kind of builds, what I mean is that builds his confidence in himself. Yeah, yeah. So that he's then able to take that mantle. Yeah, he's you know, obviously not an idiot. Like, but he's, right. But, you well, know, they set him up as an idiot because he's, even as a child, he's, he can't get to school on time. He's falling over. He's doing, the, it took him seven years to graduate college and there's no real reason. They don't state why even that's, he gets a D right. plus to pass. Like well, they established very early, this guy's an idiot, but he's not. You know, he's nice and charming, and everyone at the plant loves him. It's just this weird balance of like, what's, what's, what's this character like? What, well, what's the point? of He's this not guy? really dumb. It's just that he's never had to grow up. Right. He's yeah. a you know a spoiled rich kid who yeah. has gotten whatever he wanted without having to work for it or think for it. Yeah. Um. So he parties through college, finally squeezes through <laughs> yeah and then he's thrust into this situation that he is nowhere near ready to handle yeah uh which is why he's got to have richard with him to at least help get him into some kind of learn some kind of basics yeah they, they, they and their personalities get in the way of each other yeah they team up out of necessity and like they're the only ones who can save the company as the salesman it's kind of you know thin premise but it works yeah it sets everything up yeah but it's you know there's there were times I was watching this thing, and I'm like, I should, I'm probably supposed to be laughing like really hard right now. And there, and I wasn't. I just didn't get it. A lot of the stuff I just didn't get. Now there's stuff that really works that I love, like the 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 non Farley specific gags and falling down, like I was mentioning. Uh, when they run out of the cars, uh, pretending to be hit by bees, yeah. being stung. Genius. In any time he monologues, and like mm-hmm. when he did the cars crashing and all that. And oh, just, I love that one. I mean, that's that's brilliant. There's some. There are a lot of things about this that are good on their own, but I I, I was having a hard time like sustaining interest like throughout the whole thing. Mm. Just kind of like interesting because everyone like there's just a. a well, it's that, that spade dynamic with him, they're charming in chemistry, but I, I just really don't like characters that basically don't like each other and then making fun of each other. Yeah. I just hate that. That's what I was going to say. That, that's the that's part. Why, that comedy doesn't hold up today. That, exactly. That, that part is a little tough to watch, like him just making fun of Farley for being fat. Yeah. Like, that, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. I, I kind of watch it through the 1995 lens where... Mm-hmm. It was not uh, frowned upon back then. Yeah. Uh, now it's a little hard to to you know watch that. Yeah, it's like I think if I watched this when I was fifteen, I'd I'd have a more a warmer reception to it today. Even though I can and I could critically stand back and say you know these don't really work as jokes, and I probably would still like. I think I would have liked the movie more. Mm-hmm. But man, I just don't really I don't really care for this. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot I did like. I mean. Uh, it is relating to the the weight, Chris Farley's weight, but the fat guy in a little coat. I don't know. I always think that's funny. yeah. I think like him, tr- but like in him doing that to help, you know, make Spade laugh or make Richard like. There's things that work that uh, spank revision. Come on, <laughs> him like him making fun of Richard for masturbating, and with joke after joke, funny, yeah, funny bro humor. It totally works. It's it's charming. It helps show like how close they're getting as friends. Um, that they can sort of raz each other, but it's, it is that like, I, I, th- I think about the comedy that I like to watch today and it's mm-hmm. always like everyone, all the characters on this TV show like each other and they can still be funny. And it was like, it's sort of this, this change from like a, you know, everyone's on, on equal footing in a sense now mm-hmm. in, in like a lot of the comedy. And it's not about like just getting a joke out of tearing someone down or 
you know, taking a hit to the face because he's fat or whatever. And like, because some of the fat humor works. It's funny. Like, totally. Yeah. Fat jokes can be funny if you, you know, right. but humiliating someone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the thing with Farley and, and his, you know, that helped with his depression as a performer. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, fatty fall down again was the quote. Yeah. Like, like, this is all they want, you know? And he sort of leaned, part of it, he just sort of leaned into it. Oh, he definitely leaned into it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think he liked it all that much. You know, he wanted to be funny. Well, But yeah. he had the darkness of like, well, I just have to make them happy. It's that dangerous dark side that a lot of comedians and comic actors have. Yeah. That, you know, what they're good at doing is sort of killing them yeah, <laughs> inside, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, but th- there there are... So that's why I'm just like, there's just certain things. Like, I think there's enough things about this I, I was just like not into mm-hmm. that it, for me, the, the, the things that are funny, quotable, and work don't really, they don't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, there's too few. Yeah. I, I didn't really laugh. I laughed out loud once during the whole movie. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wanted to like it and I like them in it. I like, mm-hmm. there's, the, the funny thing is, it, there's a lot to like. But yeah. I just couldn't do it. I don't know. That's fun. Interesting. I um. I just don't. I I I never need to see this movie again. I totally <laughs> see. You know what you're saying about all of that. Really. Yeah, yeah. I was still able to enjoy a lot of it. Yeah, that's great. Um, God bless you. Know, the you. bit with him in the bathroom, the airplane. I thought it was still good physical yeah, comedy. That was funny. Um, I mean, I like the. That's true. I like when they pull over on the side of the road and they're going to fight and you just expect Farley to like kick his ass and yeah, yeah. Spade just beats the <laughs> shit out of him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just thought that was a nice little spin. Not having to do anything with his weight. Yeah. yeah you no, know, no. a scene like that. It's just. That worked. Just spin it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit with them, especially if you've been on a road trip with a friend, the whole, you know, music selection right. can be a, a real mm-hmm. <laughs> issue. But yeah. Uh, I love that bit where, like, the you know that that uh, Spanish song comes on. Oh yeah, and they're, they're singing. And, and what was the song? They were and the, like, neither to? of them want to change it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then they cuts back to them, and they're just both bawling and yeah, yeah. singing along like yeah. full. I love that. Uh, um, yeah, that's funny stuff. That I like. Totally works. I liked uh, when he first reunites with his dad, and they go to the see the new plant. Mm-hmm. His interaction as like the. The assembly line is like moving. Oh and, yeah, and he's like <laughs> coming off <awful> fast. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the thing. That's the the sort of more specific, just funny little gags. Yeah, I'm totally fine with. Yeah, and I'm not. And it's not like I have a problem with like sort of self deprecation or humiliating kind of things. But it's there's sort of a nastiness to some of the stuff. Some of it, yeah. Not and not 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 overt and not and really not. Well, it's just of the time. It's this well, 90s yeah, thing and, of yes. you're you are this thing and we can use that against you in a sense and or, or play it for laughs. And I you know, I just don't get it. But wasn't that also a David Spade thing? He, wasn't that his entire thing was making fun of people? Well, once you the know, Hollywood Minute once that that that's and he says the Hollywood Minute that's where he found oh, that's what they want. Like so yeah, he leaned into that. Once he found it like being the, like when he played the airline attendant mm-hmm. too, just being nasty, snobbish. Yeah, it it worked for him, you know. And some of that stuff was funny because of the way he can present it. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have to watch those again it's, and see if it actually works. I, I wouldn't know. say a lot of his. And I don't. I don't know if he's still playing characters like that. Yeah, I think he's uh, always. I, I playing think he's playing a, a version of it. He's always sort of like a snobbish. Yeah. kind of guy. 
But some of it is a little hard to... It's hard to just watch somebody make fun of people. Yeah. You know, it's different when you're like 20 and mm-hmm. seeing it. And, you know, you're not... You don't see the world from that perspective yet. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, it's like, eh, not so cool. Yeah. And well, it's funny back then, you know, in the 90s of like sort of celebrities and all that making fun of celebrities it's it that was kind of easier to do than it would be today because celebrities are more accessible than ever mm-hmm. with social media and all of that so you there's more opportunity to see these people as real people um instead of like so then when like saying catty bullshit about yeah. them and just to it's just that that's definitely a holdover from before you know, you had access to these people mm-hmm. where you only saw them in the movies. And then if they were on Johnny Carson, like, or whatever. Yeah. It's, um, so yeah, like I, th- I think, I think this loses a lot of like time. Li- there's not, a, there's, this won't be regarded that well in another 20 years at all. Like, I don't think yeah, I don't... anyone's going to care. Like, you know, like we yeah. say, comedy is timely. Mm-hmm. This continues to move further away f- from what, it, you know, that yeah. era. Well, I, and I think, you know, I'm going to, again, compare it to Belushi. It's not like there are kids today who are going back and really enjoying, like, anything John Belushi did. Right, right. So it's going to be kind of, especially going forward, yeah. once our generation continues to age, mm-hmm. they're yeah, they're not going to look back at Tommy Boy. And in, in fact, you know, I think a lot of what you're saying is going to become more and more true, that Probably. it's going to be harder and harder to enjoy a movie like this in the future because of all, all the, f- the body shaming and, and that that's going on. You'd never it. put this movie out as it is today. No, you no, no. never write no. anything like this. No. What's the point of humiliating a person, uh, calling them pathetic and all that? Like that's yeah. not a, that's not even a joke. That's what an asshole does. That's what a bully <laughs> does. Like that's just kind of bullying. So you're saying Lauren Michaels is a bully. Is that what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I mean, I think we know that he is. Uh, no, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just that thing. So I think I may have been, you know, without having the the young context to mm-hmm. it, I can, I can easily move past this movie. Yeah. Um, just because it just it doesn't do anything for yeah. me, and I, I'll 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 concede every funny gag. Like I've been, you know, we've been talking about them. Yeah. Um, great stuff. Like definitely clip worthy, as a whole, as a piece. I don't know. I don't get it. I was annoyed with the the. I was annoyed with the catchphrases. I was annoyed with. Well, some of the physical gags, not just because he's fat, but just like, is there any real reason he's falling over or getting hit in the head right now? Like, it's just it's like, let's just keep forcing the Farley physical gag. Like, and it, but that, but that was his or, thing. That's it, what, that's what he did. Yeah. I kind I find it, I find it. Te- so you, you, I find some of it tedious. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, look at it at the time. They're not going to make a movie and not take advantage of that, of, sure. of what he brought to the table. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Like this, what he was so good at on yeah. SNL that was getting live laughter, uproarious laughter, people talking mm-hmm. about it, put it in a movie. Yeah. Why you're going to do that. That yeah. totally makes sense. I'm not saying there was something wrong with them doing it then. Like I don't, you know, right? There's nothing wrong with it then. That's, yeah. It, but knowing what we know of Farley and and he died only like two years after this was released, mm-hmm. well, two and a half or whatever. I mean, it's just sort of like this doesn't help. This doesn't help anything. Yeah. If he didn't, if he didn't die, we we'd probably be having a different conversation. Well, who knows? Uh, yeah, you yeah, very well. Who knows? Well, we'll get to that. 
we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But. but like, I just, you know, and I'm only bringing this up, like, because there were so many things we were talking about that we liked about the movie. I didn't want to, like, go right to the end and say, by the way, I don't like this yeah. thing, <laughs> which I've done on other shows earlier. In the, um, but, yeah, the, it's, it's, but it's also complex. I can't, it's not a binary yes or no. Because, again, I liked a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I like the people in it. Um, I'd yeah. almost like to, like, really <laughs> almost watch it again and be like, what, like, do a count. Like, Is how many funny? of these jokes are based on his, like, weight mm-hmm. related to his weight or him being stupid? Mm-hmm. And how many are just good, funny gags? I think there's more good, funny gags than not. Than, I think so, too. I, I would say that. And I think that's why I, I lean the opposite way, that I still I can still love this movie. Got it. I see what you, I completely see with you. I'm not arguing anything that you've said. No, you're right. I think that's all true. Yeah. For me, the the other gags kind of outweigh it, like mm-hmm. the ones I was pointing out. Yeah. Those still stay funny to me, and those aren't – like, those are the ones that I remember m- more quickly than yeah the those came ones. right right yeah. off the dome there so i t- like and i had forgotten about them as i'm as we were talking so and i was just like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i like that uh so i guess i was probably just going a little heavy negative on the things i didn't like well like, it's what I sticks giving, out to you while you're watching it yeah i like, mean uh, or rewatching. It. and i don't think there's so much of the fat shaming and fat jokes i don't i don't think there's that much honestly um and it's not that i i that's what I, that's the main thing it's holding against i just like i just kind of want to see more i think that mm-hmm. might be it it's like now that all this time has gone by and he's long gone it's like oh what he could be but you know as a 31 year old guy you know doing his first movie doing the things that sells mm-hmm. you know the, you can't ask for anything else yeah you know and he we had no opportunity to see anything great so you know, maybe he, maybe I, that's what I'm. I'm wishing. I'm wishing for something I can't have. Whether you you know liked it or not, he was so good at that physical comedy. I mean, he put 120 percent into it. Yep. You know, he that scene where they're in the back of the cab and the cab driver stops short and he hits his face. Yeah. I mean, there are outtakes of him doing that over and over and over and over. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And the B thing was, uh, I think that was a Farley idea. Like that was, that was hilarious. Yeah. I love that bit. (laughs) And I love the cops are just like, roll around on the ground and we'll come back later and check on you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What a genius way to get out. Nowadays they just, you know, shoot you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So yeah. But so the themes of like his self-worth, like, it works, but, but, I think, but the, the plot line-wise, the whole thing is very thin. Sure. The whole it's thing a is It's a very thin. simple plot. This is not this a deep is, exploration of any no, character work yeah. or anything. They don't need it. They just, like, really, it's how do you get from A to B? What's the quickest, easiest way to do that? That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there, there's a couple real moments in here, and, and one that really, I don't know, I almost tear up every time I see it, is mm-hmm. it's just a shot after his dad's funeral... And where the bagpipes are playing, and you see him walking down that, you know, yeah. that that and it's a, that road, that like country road, where he's surrounded by trees and the wind's blowing, and it's just him by himself. Oh, yeah. And just knowing what would happen to him, like that, that yeah. shot just makes me feel, I feel really sad for Chris Farley, the person, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. just because he had so many, uh, so many problems and so many, yeah. you know, was so. So much self-confidence issues and, and just that shot really like kind of symbolized his inner self to me. Yeah. Um, so I, there was a beautiful shot and kind of like 
almost didn't belong in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess but it was so. such a dramatic, you know, very quick moment. It's like a three or four second shot, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, very poignant, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, you know, now that we've looked, uh, we've looked back at the movie. You remember how it did? Should we talk a little box office? Bo, Bio. yeah, it's my favorite. Uh, it was the movie was released on March thirty first, nineteen ninety five. It was number one opening weekend, hey. beating out Tank Girl, yes. which we've mentioned. Our good friend Lori Petty, yes, uh, here on the show, uh, we mentioned her in the League of Their Own episode, which you can find in the archives. <laughs> www.reconcinemation.com uh, and Born to Be Wild. I don't remember that movie at all. Oh, no, I don't know what that is. Is there a monkey in that or something? I bet you there's a, someone raised by an ape or something, <laughs> or raised by a monkey. It wasn't or Howie Mandel? Wolf. No, that was Walk Like a Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. It was an eight million dollar opening weekend. Mm-hmm. That was. What boy have times changed? Yeah, that's a number <laughs> eight one million movie. dollar opening weekend is number one movie. <laughs> yeah, it's March. Yeah, it's 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 a downtime post Oscars. Yeah, no one's going to the movies. Uh, overall, domestically, it grossed thirty two point six million. Not bad. Um, the I was I was watching an interview with David Spade, where he was talking about how you know all the Farley movies financially didn't do that well, mm-hmm. but. He, you know, he felt like it was more important that Tommy Boyd was a popular movie, mm-hmm. not that it made all this money, but that it was a, a very well-liked movie. Yeah. Um, well, supposedly, at home video sales, it ranked, ranked Paramount's number 10th overall, like, within a year of it. Like, overall. Yeah. Of highly, all their movies. Highly rentable movie. This you know. is definitely... A Saturday night uh, basement yeah. movie. Yeah. So you think Godfather and Raiders and all that. This one's number ten yeah. among among that. So it it was it had something that that the the theater box office didn't really account for. Yeah. Know? So that's that's it's a belo- it's a beloved movie. Well, and it's one of those that like, especially at the time before perspective kind of you know waned on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you would watch it over and over and over. Right. So there was nothing good on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, not a huge movie in 1995. Mm-hmm. I've got it at number 54. Yeah, that's what I had too. That's 54. pretty deep, deep down there. And consider, I mean, what what were the? Do you do you even know what the number one movie in 95 was? Uh, Apollo 13 was up there. It's up there, third. Yeah, Batman Forever. Batman Forever was number second. one. Yeah, those were summer movies. It was Bra- a Braveheart. Uh no that's that's down uh, that's was that even that's the 18th? well it's best picture it's eighteenth um but it's a, a November release casino uh, heat no oh god nope nope Jumanji no uh animated oh one of the Disney movies mm, so Toy Story there it is there you go number one yeah yeah Toy but no Disney Pocahontas was uh, number four so yeah well there you go there you top go. four and Ace Ventura Ace Ventura two when nature calls. Number five. I thought that was early '96. I guess that was '95. It, yeah, it's another fall movie. Gosh, so Jim Carrey had Dumb and Dumber. He had Dumb and Wow. The okay, mask within is. two years. So let's say within from like early '94 to early '96, he had Ace Ventura, mm-hmm. The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Batman Forever, Ace Ventura Two, all <laughs> yeah. come out with five movies within two a two year span. 
Yeah, that's, and then Cable Guy in the summer. That's one hundred percent true. That is insane. That was they were maxing out. <laughs> oh my god! And if you think combined, those movies made five hundred million dollars, like easily. Huge. Yeah, like, that was huge for him. That yeah. was he was ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, big year, big year. Yeah, that big was a fact. big, uh, big money year. Seven um, came out that year. Seven. Die yeah. Hard with a Twelve Vengeance. Monkeys. Oh, Twelve Monkeys. Well, we just we just said two different Bruce Willis movies at the same time. Yeah, we sure did. We simulcast that. Uh, <laughs> we're connected. And you mentioned Jumanji, Goldeneye, of course, six of the the box office that year. Yep. A lot of fall. A lot of. Oh yeah, the return movies. of James Bond. That was the big one. Yeah, a lot of big movies. That was a big movie year. Big movie year. Yeah. A lot of sequels. Um. <laughs> I think this won a couple of uh, Bo Derek won a Razzie for this award. Aw, and uh, it I think it got one or two MTV Movie Awards, probably, which you know, were a lot of fun at this point in time. Yes, yeah, I've MTV not movies. watched them in twenty years, but no. uh, but I remember ninety five, ninety six. I remember Ben Stiller spoofing Mission oh. Impossible. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, he does a great Tom Cruise. So. Mm. Um, MTV Movie Awards. Look them up. 95, yeah. 96. The whole 90s. Uh, early 90s. Like from MTV Terminator was still to... great at this point. Yeah. But yeah. 90, 91, Terminator. Yeah. 2. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, good, good fun. Um, this was the number 10, uh, just speaking box office wise, this was number 10 of the SNL alumni movies. Okay. That's to, di- to present day. I think brides. I want to say bridesmaids is number one. Like the first movie of an SNL. Yeah, star. an SNL alumni. Got it. Yeah, their first movie. Yeah, probably yeah. bridesmaids. That would make sense. Yeah, I think bridesmaids is up there, but this is this is a little little deeper Tenth. in. Yeah, let me see. Wait, who? Yeah, bridesmaids was Kristen Wiig's, right? Yep, Kristen Wiig, my Rudolph. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, Forty Eight Hours is probably pretty big. Uh, Forty. Yep. Trading. Uh, I don't remember how big trading play. Beverly Hills Cop had to be up there. Ghostbusters what, has got to be up there. But but is it their first? It's their first movie, right? Like so, Forty Eight Hours was right Eddie's first right. before, and then Beverly Hills Cop right after that. I think. Let's see. Let's pull that. I'm going to pull that list up. Get that, and we'll we'll look at it exactly. Get it. But uh, yeah, so obviously there's so many to be made with SNL stars um, leaving TV, not doing any of their characters. Um, specifically from the show uh because yeah tons of people came out and did, did like martin uh martin short was not an actor that much i think until he did interspace or something like that right yeah so, i want to say interspace that? and three amigos were right around the same time oh, that's right yeah three amigos interspace you remember the three amigos dance right uh yeah i do it every night <laughs> Every night before I, bed, I put on my pajamas that look look exactly like the Three Amigos costume, <laughs> and then I do that. <laughs> All right, I'm getting it. Stand by. You getting? So yeah, um, I'm a big fan of of films with SNL people. Yeah. Okay. SNL debuts. Here we go. We're gonna go down the list. Number one, Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Number two. Mm-hmm. National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh, with the Belush. With Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. And, and the Belouche. Um, yeah, and this is for debuts, alumni debuts. Okay. For, you're right, 48 Hours, number three. Yeah. Uh, old School, number four. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell. With Will Ferrell. 
Deuce Bigelow, unbelievable. Deuce yeah. Bigelow is number five. Number five, people went to see Deuce Bigelow. Rob Schneider can say that he outperformed his debut movie, outperformed Chevy Chase's Foul Play, <laughs> and Bill Murray's Meatballs, because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. six and seven. Uh, Running Scared, oh. number eight, Billy Crystal, that counts. Okay. He was on SNL. That's fair. Uh, number nine, Taxi, Jimmy Fallon. Um, not a good movie. I want to see it. Really? I don't know. I like I like Queen. <laughs> Queen Latifah. She's great. Uh, number ten is uh, Tommy Boy, as we said. There you go. Next couple are uh, eleven is Neighbors with Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. Belushi is in that as well, but Aykroyd was not in Animal House, so. Oh. Uh, House Guest with Phil Hartman's number twelve, and Inner Space is number thirteen. Oh, I see. Uh, and uh, don't you dare forget Adam Sandler and Billy Madison. And Corky Romano rounds out the top 15. I never saw Corky Romano. Oh, man. No interest. No interest. Corky Romano. Corky. Um, the critics weren't that kind to the movie. Real quick, Corky yeah. Romano played by Chris Kattan. So we can, yes, we can. We should mention the performer. Yeah, Chris Kattan. Thank you. Uh, critics weren't that kind to the movie. Didn't yeah, really. I bet. Like it. I mean, a lot of the same things that you're seeing. They, you know, thought the humor was kind of sophomoric and mm-hmm. nothing really deep going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were expecting. That's not fair. Don't say that. <laughs> what? They could just say that this is not. Yeah. There's nothing uh, fulfilling here. There's nothing engaging. Yeah. That's Ultimately, what... it proved, you know, not really to matter once it hit home video because people were going to. Oh, yeah. People loved it. Yeah. Um,. But Farley took the news pretty pretty hard. He um, emotionally had a hard time dealing with the negative reviews, and yeah. um, he was very he was a very sensitive guy, and mm-hmm. had a lot of you know he's got a lot of uh, his own issues that he was and baggage that he was dealing with. So getting bad reviews for a project that he loved making that was his debut, yeah. Um, you know, it was not, uh, that hit him pretty hard. Well, yeah, I mean, and he wants to, he wants to make people happy and on a large scale, he's being told that this is not, this is no good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the worst thing you could give him. <laughs> it was bad reviews. And, uh, technically the, almost the entire cast of Saturday Night Live in that 94, 95 season was fired. Yeah. They were all re- they, their contracts weren't up. It's a brand new. They were cast. they just cut everybody, no matter how big a name they were. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Myers and Carvey were gone already. Mm-hmm. They fired Sandler Spade. Oh no, Spade survived one more year. Oh, did he? I think he's only doing oh. Weekend Update, only doing Hollywood Minute. Oh, okay. Um, the uh, yeah, they fired Sandler. They fired Farley. Um, they kind of went down the list. Hartman was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, and then a brand new, entirely brand new cast comes in. Mm-hmm. The Will uh, Ferrell years. Yeah, except I believe one, which was Tim Meadows. Oh, okay. Was the only huh. person who transitioned. I see. Yeah. And I he lasted that. a few more years. Huh. But, um, yeah, so, so kind of a bummer ending to, uh, his Saturday Night Live career. Yeah. Um, you know, just going over kind of the since this is our Farley episode, we'll talk about the rest of his career. 1996, they kind of try to repeat the magic of Tommy Boy and and make Black Sheep, right. which has some funny bits in it, mm-hmm. but doesn't 
doesn't have what was what were the good qualities of Tommy Boy didn't transition to Black Sheep. Mm. It just was an obvious like you know rinse and repeat. Right. Yeah. Spade and and Farley are yeah. on a quest together. And by this point, you know his his drug habit and his drinking and his partying was starting to get out of control. Yeah. It affected their relationship. They had a big falling out uh, during this movie. Uh, people were trying to get Farley to to help himself, and he just wasn't he wasn't there. He was in the middle of, um, you know, middle of his party life. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had struggled, and I mean, apparently, he had gone to rehab a lot of a number of times, you know, throughout yeah. the course of his SNL days and all of that. So, I mean, I think it, it was just his demons were something he constantly struggled with. Yeah. And yeah. between the weight and the drugs and the self confidence, it was a yeah. lot that he was dealing with, and yeah. it was he was going down instead of you know trying. He wasn't ready to go up yet. Right. Um, he did have periods of sobriety within those years, mm-hmm. but they were they would only last a few weeks. Right. Um, like if you you know when you look at Beverly Hills Ninja, he's he's a lot heavier in that, mm-hmm. and that's what, like a year and a half later oh, yeah, yeah. when he's filming that, mm-hmm. he had really. Uh, and at this point, him and Spade are not, they're no longer speaking. Oh. Okay. So it was, uh, I, th- I believe him and Sandler still were, but, um, you know, he was driving, it was too much for a lot of people who were doing their own partying, but. But every, everyone, you know, everyone could only, it's like, I think it was like they all talk to him, they all show their concern, they all, you know, they. But you you know you can't grab someone and handcuff them to a radiator and tell them to get clean and live the rest yeah. of their life like that. Yeah, you know it's there's you know, so you know he could he was still he was kind of a star. Yeah, post SNL he he could surround himself by everyone else who would enable him. Yeah, you know. That's, yeah, uh, and 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 you know the Hollywood system is not built to support people when they have those kind of issues. You know the pressure the pressure itself. Yeah. of stardom is going to compound those. Yeah, you have to carry this movie, and you know we're going to fly you all over the place, and you've got to work these crazy hours. And, you, yeah, and nonstop. Then you, and then you're doing press, and then we're going to make sure you're, like, you're, yeah. you have to keep going. And then and then you've got your team, your agents, your managers ma- lining up the next thing and mm-hmm. then lining up appearances in between and uh, get you in, get, give you scripts to read yeah. for your next thing. It doesn't stop. Like, I... I it's funny that, you know, people outside of Hollywood think that, you know, actors just, they get a call, they get a script, they go to work, they collect a paycheck, and they go home. It's and a machine. It's, like, it's a business. Yeah, like anything else. So, yeah. um, you know, putting people through the ringer, um, you know, it, with someone who's susceptible with, with their demons and mm-hmm. their issues, you know, it, it's it's a recipe for disaster. Especially, like, at the point of his career that he's at. I mean, he's a popular star on the rise, so they're going to push you hard. Yeah, they wanted to keep putting him in stuff. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was like finding the right comedic vehicle, like Beverly Hills Ninja. Like, let's just do something different than the other stuff. Make it wacky, you know, and then doing a Christopher Guest movie. With the guy from Mortal Kombat. Uh, Robin Shu? Yes. See, I actually saw this movie on a rental back then. (laughs) I don't remember it. Yeah. Uh... Well, Robin Shu's very good. <laughs> Especially in Mortal Kombat. Oh, he's fantastic. I, love can't, I can't wait to do that movie. Anyway. Mortal Kombat, anyway. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, and then doing a Christopher Guest movie. Like, that... Like, see, doing a Christopher Guest movie. Or at least him, direct, you know, directed by. 
that's that's pushing him toward a new comedic mm-hmm. angle that could have even if it was a bomb and it was who knows what would have come out those next couple of years yeah and uh yeah it would have been um it would have been really interesting to see where his career went yeah and I figure I figured you probably would have seen him do some dramatic stuff I think so too if he I got mean, through his demons and he's 40 years old and he and he's probably still he would always still struggle with his demons I'm sure but it's like well, how do you how do you turn your art toward that? Another you know? another thing, don't forget that I don't know how many people know this, but he was the original Shrek. Right. Yeah, he had already started, and working. he had recorded eighty five percent of that that dialogue. Wow, it was almost complete, and uh, you know they made the creative choice to, you know, they probably could have released the movie with that, mm-hmm. um, but they made the creative. They just thought it was in bad taste and. Yeah. Got Mike Myers, who jumped in as as basically a a, a favor to Farley, to yeah. Farley's memory, to to you know pick that movie up for him and and uh, take the part over. Yeah. But uh, and apparently I haven't heard it, but supposedly they released some of those tracks. I remember the internet a few having years ago. clips of them and all yeah. that, and I think I've actually listened to them. It's I I can't recall them, but so I, I mean, you think of how how big Shrek was? Yeah. I'm sure it would have been as big with. I don't think if Farley was in it, it would have done any worse. Yeah, you know? I don't think so. I don't so think I, I think that would have been, you know, you remember those animated movies like saved Eddie Murphy's career. Yeah. So even if he had made a couple more bombs, Shrek would have probably resurrected it right. or boosted it. That's a good point. Um, that's right. Yeah, but it would have been interesting. You know, Mike Myers in 98 did 54. And that's one of my favorite Mike Myers performances. Like, oh, yeah. and it's all, all yeah. dramatic yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and he's great in it. And I could have definitely seen an older Farley do a dramatic turn. Adam Sandler, like punch drunk love. Right. One of my favorite. I like the dramatic parts of click. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so it would have been interesting to see what he would have done. Yeah. But, uh, you know, unfortunately the rest of 97 just kind of kept taking a turn for the worse. Yeah. If you he comes back to host SNL in October '97, mm. and I remember watching it live, like while I was in college, freshman, um, and he was very heavy. His voice was very scratchy, oh. almost hoarse. Mm. He was his complexion was awful. He just I remember sitting with my friend, and we just looked at each other like he does he does not look right oh wow um and his timing was off it was the the one good skit he did was the el nino skit was that the el nino skit? that, that was, was that was from hosted? that episode that was oh, when he hosted wow um but you look at the rest of that episode and he's he's kind of barely getting through it unfortunately yeah. and and then uh i remember the the day i heard uh him passing away and and it was devastating and then months later phil hartman passing away it was like a one two gut punch yeah. if you were a fan of SNL. Um the unfortunately the Farley one was not as surprising as the Hartman one. Yeah. Um that was such a different set of circumstances and, and more heartbreaking because of it. But yeah. uh we'll talk about Phil another day. But um yeah, it was just it was a sad end to a promising career. Uh but we have Tommy Boy is the movie that, you know, should you give it a rewatch? I, I say yes if you're a Chris Farley fan, especially. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your masterpiece there for him. 
yeah if you're a farley fan um if you saw this when you were younger <laughs> if you, uh i'm sure yeah rewatching it for sure honestly if you've never seen it i wouldn't recommend this movie to anybody uh, yeah today. i don't if, i never would i wouldn't i mean i like farley but yeah you know. if you haven't seen it i mean there are jokes that you'll laugh at yeah but there's a lot uh that you prob that are just are not kosher today yeah and even and even still it's not like this is like uh, the comedy isn't necessarily game changing or you know uh, there's not a lot of belly laughs there's chuckles it's funny yeah it's, it's funny good. it's got some it's got heart to it yeah. it's um you know ultimately i think it's a it it's a sweet story he's a sweet character yeah. um yeah, sweet I agree, I agree with that yeah there's things about it to like i yeah so you know your mileage may vary with the with the comedy of it all. Yeah, you know, depending on your what your what what makes you laugh today. What, yeah, you know, I think you if you really like to get something, if you like physical comedy, this one's right up your alley. It's yeah, funny, you I think. Yeah, exactly. You I know? think if you if you like that, if you like him, obviously, and uh, even if you don't, there'll be there'll be jokes that make you laugh in this movie. Totally. Yeah. Um, but there also may be some things that you you know that aren't. Yeah, things that you wouldn't you wouldn't put in a modern comedy today. Yeah, just because uh, it's not not funny. <laughs> but uh, so so that's our look at uh, Chris Farley. Uh, I will always, yeah. I'll always love Farley. You know, there's so much on SNL, so many good years there to look back on if you can find them. Yeah, those are not on Hulu and. You know, you can come over to my place. I've got the best of 92 and 93 on VHS, so <laughs> come by anytime. You know, I'm just quick reminded, um, my brother uh, lived in Chicago for college, uh, 95, 96, 97. He ran into Chris Farley on the street randomly. And wow. He was, it was like at night, my brother was coming from somewhere, going somewhere, and I don't remember the context, but... You know, he, it was just Farley alone. He's just sort of trudging through the street, and my, he passes my brother. And my brother was just like, and he goes up to me. He's just he's like, "Oh my God, excuse me, like, are you, are you Chris Farley?" And he was just, he was just sort of like, I think the response was, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he was just sort of like in his head, and like he was nice, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I think my brother probably complimented him. He's like, "Yeah, thanks, cool, cool," but like he had, you know, he had seen him in the streets of Chicago, probably on some off. You know, you know, he's post SNL, so yeah. he's probably there. He's probably doing Second City stuff. If he's or, in Chicago, yeah, yeah he's, probably he's probably on just, some kind of break from yeah, whatever doing but. that. But uh, you know, that's the city that that made him. You know, that started him. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure, yeah, it's no surprise he'd be there. But it's uh yeah, yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, and I don't want to cover too much of his the details of his death. It's it's no, sad. You can all look it up yeah. on your own. Um, it's very tragic, but uh, we try to celebrate him and look back uh, at what you know his his big movie was really yeah. um, because this is it. And we think about the characters he left behind, mm-hmm. just, whether it's the uh, the Chippendales. Uh, your mileage may vary, but it's yeah. funny. You know? What was the guy on Update that used to, where you'd quote? The, oh right, because that's where like the whole quoting thing came yeah, from. Farley, like, I don't like, exactly uh, <laughs> smell good. I yeah. don't even remember the gag. Yeah, but yeah, um, but that the whole quote, the popularity of the quoting, the which quote. one of my kids did today to me, <laughs> like that. I I don't remember it happening before. Yeah, before Chris right. Farley. Yep. Um, then, you know, 
it's it's great to have with some of the other SNL people that have passed away too. You always have that show to go back to mm-hmm. and look at all the different characters they played, and yeah. and uh, some of it ages well and some of it doesn't. But mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of Farley stuff is is still pretty funny. His fat, his fat excuse me, his uh, Matt Foley stuff that that first one or two, yeah, uh, the first one obviously, uh, Gangbusters was great. You know, and him and with Sandler and Spade as the Gap Girls, the Gap Girls, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and showing up the, when they did the sh, uh, the Schweppes, uh, is it or the Schmitz? Oh, Schmitz Gay, Schmitz Gay beer. Oh my God! The, that, <laughs> it's funnier ridiculous. with the original music too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it like David Lee Roth? Yeah, music? it was. Or it was. Or, or right? Or, wasn't it right now? That's you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, and now when you see it on replays, they've changed the music uh, and made it generic. Uh, music that sounds like that but. yeah yeah and then um and i think the other one the chris farley show where he interviews a celebrity oh yeah and does like inane questions yeah and, but very sweet and like <laughs> and he beats himself up yeah. like yeah do, yeah but then he's like yeah asking paul mccartney remember when you were in the beatles and <laughs> yeah. you made abbey road and that was awesome or whatever yeah. <laughs> like or bruce willis and, and scorsese was on yeah. there yeah um uh, you know i think that 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 nice i think that like that probably encapsulates farley as a person most of all because it's sweet funny trying to you know kind of intimidated by by bigger bigger stars Mm -hmm. in a sense you know obviously he looked up to belushi and all that so it's that same thing like that reverence that he had and then of course there's this time where he's hitting himself he feels stupid and people are like no you're not stupid it's like it's perfectly that's uh, him that's him and it's so that's the closest we can get to knowing him probably as it really is. Of course, there's a, uh, there was a documentary that was released mm-hmm. about him, and, then, and it was based on the book his brother put out, um, which I think was called The Chris Farley Show. Or well, there's no. one called I Am Chris Farley. That, I think, is the documentary. Yeah. And then I think they called this, the biography uh, The Chris Farley Show mm-hmm. based on that character. So yeah. um, I've been – I that came out in like 10 years ago and I've been still haven't watched it and I've been meaning to. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we, so we celebrate him and what this movie means to his legacy. And, um, it was a lot of fun for all the, my gripes about it. Still a lot of fun to, to go through it again and sort of relive 1995 over again. Yeah. Yeah. And those SNL days. So, yeah. But, uh, so that's our look at Farley and, uh, and Tommy boy. And we are going to be, uh, back sooner than you think there's a uh, very some something very special just stop around the corner te- stop teasing well i did already <laughs> but before we do that just want to thank our friends uh ek wimmer for the theme song mm. and check out his podcast laser graves wherever you get your all your podcast joy sure and of course check out curtis moore mm-hmm. uh he with the episode artwork he yes. always brings to the table yep. lovely stuff thank you curtis yeah and uh, don't forget to give us a, a shout on iTunes. Give us that five-star review we're looking for. We love that feedback. Yeah. And, of course, hit us up on Facebook. We got, you know, we got some feedback on our Harold and Maude episode. We love, you know, we yeah. love that. And, and we're very happy to hear some people were turned on onto the movie just from listening to the show. So yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's great. And we want to hear from you guys. So yeah. anything you, uh, you know, did we get anything right, wrong? You tell us what you think. Yeah. Uh, if you, there's anything you want to hear us cover, don't, uh, don't hesitate to tweet at us. Yeah. Tweet or Instagram. Yeah. At Regan Cinemation. Yeah. And uh, thanks again. We'll be back soon. You guys take care now. Bye now.